I'm Larry Lytle of GeekyCool.com, and you're listening to the Horrible Movie Podcast. Well, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. My name is Jack. Thanks for tuning in and downloading. We have Larry Lytle in the house. What's up, Jack? Uh, you've been here for a couple days. Uh, <laughs> you've been uh, showering off somewhere in the back, I guess, because you look well kept. Felt good? What's it like to spend the night here in the studio here? I, actually, it's not a nice break away from having kids. So it, it's kind of nice, a little <laughs> peace and quiet. Can get on my device, watch some you know, Netflix without having to worry about kids coming in. It's go. nice. Yeah. It's kind of like an Airbnb with uh, concrete floors. Um, but we do have Wi-Fi and uh, there is air conditioning. So there are worse places you could be. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, so this week's movie that you have um, sent us to the Phantom Zone for is Supergirl. <laughs> Woo! Supergirl. And it's not some weird made-for-TV uh, crossover thing with Arrow or Flash. <laughs> it's this Helen Slater who you said on the midweek episode is Christian Slater's sister. She is. Unbelievable. It makes sense. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Larry. Uh, I mean, you know, whatever you want to tell us about. Go ahead. But about uh, your website and about some things you have going on right now. Tell us about it. Well, I, I do like pina coladas and mm. long walks on the beach. Oh, yeah. But um, so geekycool.com is my website. That's cool with a K. So geekycoolwithak.com. And uh, basically, we talk geek on the website. We like to put out any sort of movie trailers. It, we're trying to make it kind of a one-stop shop for people that are looking for entertainment um, stuff, geek entertainment. We And we have original articles where we talk about things. We also go in and look at the news and try to keep people updated on the news. We've got some different writers from across the country that uh, help us out with that. And, uh, you know, we, we have a great time talking geek. We have a weekly or so article that goes up about talking about comic books. So comic books, a big thing. And of course, any of the comic book television shows and movies we, we talk a lot about. Um, we also do reviews on the site. So that, that's, that's what's going on with the website. And we're continuing to grow small at a time, but uh, we're, we enjoy doing it. So we try to help you people out. Plus we keep it family friendly because I don't want a, something that my kids can't go see. Right. So that's one of the reasons we started geekycool.com was to be able to make a, a fan family-friendly site to where you can tell your kids to go here. And if we post something that's going to have something that's questionable, we always put some sort of warning. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, we don't post that stuff if it's even close to being something that could be offensive. It's awesome. Uh, you've been working on a... You're starting to work on a geek um, kind of a... Oh, what's the best way to like almost like talk show scenario. right that, that's exactly right um we've got a geek talk show called titans of the fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. it uh has myself and i i've got the privilege of working with two really awesome um co-workers that are just top level keith moncrief who is as we talked about in the midweek show the geeks geek this man knows everything it seems about geekdom he can tell you any actor that was ever lived in Missouri or if they were born in Missouri. He he knows what their birth date is. He knows just, I mean, just incredible amount of stuff. Super detailed. Yeah. And he, he is a very intelligent man who thinks through things really well before he talks about them. 
And he's never afraid to share his opinion, which is wonderful. <laughs> we also have Brittany Greer of American Wasteland Entertainment, which is a, um, a basically a mini movie studio, a movie web series studio. They create these awesome web series out mm-hmm. there, including Drifter, which is, is my favorite so far, and uh, do some cool stuff. Brittany is uh, nominated for a director's award coming up. Hopefully she'll win that. So I've got a couple of great people with me. So I'm kind of the, uh, the guy that gets lucky to hang out with these two awesome people. And we talk geek on the show. We, uh, trying to do it like a real talk show. We have a segment for guests to come on and talk about what's going on in their lives. Just like what you guys are letting me do here. And, uh, then we've got a segment where we play games with a guest, kind of like on the tonight show. Because I think I'm Jimmy Kimmel sometimes, or Jimmy Fallon, or Jimmy somebody. I think I have to have a name. Jimmy. I always want to be Conan. I always want to be. Oh, you want to be Conan? Yeah. If I could be Conan, that's who I want to be. But I'm afraid about a name like Conan. I'd want to start beefing up and try to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger, (laughs) but I don't know. Um, So we're doing that. Um, It's it's going to be a really cool show. We've had we have one episode in the bag. We're going to be making a little bit of refinements, but you do that anytime you start a show. Yeah. So we're real excited about that because we're hoping to uh, get out there, meet a niche that's not really have not being showed right now with having a, a basically a full on talk show. So it's cool. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's family friendly. And we've talked about this on our podcast before where um, I will we will skirt topics right to the edge right. of the topic. But I feel like um, I can go listen to a podcast or listen to shows where people, it's just a tirade, yes. cuss-laced, filled with it. And it's like, I don't have to hear that. And I don't have to be that way to be entertaining. Right. And I don't have to listen to that. So it's kind of like, um, I think it's awesome that you, your site is that way. And it's just like doing um, what you do that way is it's kind of awesome. Isn't it crazy that that is what sets a person apart now? Yes. Anybody? Like, I, is that I interesting? <laughs> like, that's like, if you're that's not, not the norm to be family well, friendly. Well, I, I've listened to several podcasts, and like you said, a lot of them are they, they'll just drop the f bomb every so often. I'm like, oh, this is really because you good can. entertainment because you can. You and, can, and, but, and if that's what you want to do, I told hey, right. The beauty about podcasts is that it's free to do what you want to do with it. But I also kind of go, hey, just don't. It's okay not to do that. Right. And, I, and to get my point across, I don't have to do that. It's right. weird. Like, it's just, it's weird that that's just, again, that somehow that is what, I mean, good for us, I guess, that that's what sets, sets you and I apart. But Well, the sad thing is 7 o'clock at night used to have shows that never would hear cursing of any sort. And now they show those, actually, they show the reruns at 5 o'clock when your kids are up. And, and these shows that I'm like, and, and they're not necessarily bad shows, but cursing has just become a huge part of right. any of that of right. entertainment. And yep. I find that a little sad that we don't think about what we're exposing our children to. Yeah. And and the idea that you – again, I feel like I'm so boxed right now. But, like, <laughs> you, you can get your point across without, without dropping drop the F-bomb, friends. If, Trust me. You can. If you're not intelligent enough. louder. It's fine. <laughs> If you're not intelligent enough to get your point across otherwise, then maybe you need to not be talking. Right. Well, <laughs> but people will continue to talk. <laughs> they so. will. Uh, okay, so it is time on this show. Time for some deets. Yeah. The details that go into the movie Supergirl. Woo! Directed by J- John No Swark. I, I, I can't say this name right. G A E. A N N O T S Z W A R C. Um, not, 
Not uh, Faye Dunaway's favorite uh, director she's ever worked for, by the way. Understandably. Uh, producer Timothy Burrow, based on uh, uh, characters by... This has it listed as Otto Binder and Al Plastino. Is that the original creators of Supergirl? Yes. Um, Faye Dunaway, Helen, uh, Faye Dunaway as the evil Selena. Um, not Selena Kyle, but Selena. <laughs> not Helen, Selena Kyle. Helen Slater stars as Supergirl. Um, and then a cast of thousands from there. Peter O'Toole, can't leave him out. And um, m- uh, Mia Farrow, mm-hmm. uh, Woody Allen's wife. Um, she. She is uh, Kara's mom in the start of the movie. And Peter, and that's not actually not Peter O'Toole's wife. Never mind. Peter O'Toole's the best actor ever, folks. <laughs> uh, music by Jerry Goldsmith. A win. So we have we have a seemingly quality cast. Faye Dunaway, accomplished actor or actress. Uh, Mia Farrow, and okay. Peter O'Toole. Jerry Goldsmith's doing yep. the music. This should be fine, right? Should be awesome. Should P- be. Peter Cook, who was the priest from The Princess Bride. Should be awesome. Should be awesome. Um, release date, July 19th, 1984. So a July, a summer blockbuster. Uh, it was filmed at uh, Pinewood uh, Studios, which is a big soundstage in um, England. Right. And Peter Jackson has done a lot of stuff at Pinewood. Uh, budget, $35 million and a very huge bu- a huge box office of 14 million dollars yeah. uh you said in the midweek larry this is a seven percent seven percent on rotten tomatoes so the bar is set very low now <laughs> in when you watch it so you kind of know what you're getting into uh and even the biggest snark uh snarky person would watch this and be justified probably <laughs> um larry um it's time on the show for 30 second synopsis all right can you do this I'm going to give it a shot. Listen, I, I talked to the Phantom Zone, and they said they've got occupancy for one more person. All right. <laughs> um, and so if you can't get this done in 30 seconds. Well, and watching the Phantom Zone on this, saw a little more of it. So it was a little more scary than just in the Superman movies. The bog that she was in. I oh, feel like yeah. I feel like it was the never-ending story scenario <laughs> or um, yes. the Dark Crystal or the Labyrinth. I feel like we were watching the Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, are you ready? I'm ready. 30 seconds to tell us about the whole movie. And go. Kara lives in Argo City, which is from Krypton. It uh, it has survived somehow in this pocket trans dimension. She's got uh, some artist friends, including Zaltar, Zaltar. who uh, steals the Omega Hedron, which is this cute little cube with uh, powers of complete city. He's using it to be able to do art stuff. He accidentally loses it. Supergirl or Kara jumps in the little ship, flies through, magically comes out on the other side through the water wearing a Supergirl outfit, which she didn't have on before. <laughs> and I can't even get close to that. So it's all right. It's all right. So um, you said Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Oh, Peter O'Toole. Oh, I've stolen the, what's it called? The Omega Hedron. Look, I can make a Trapper Keeper folder with this Omega Hedron. <laughs> it's it's a tree, Kara. Oh, Kara, it's living tree. What, what is the Omega Hedron? Oh, like a, it's some ball of power. It can create things? Like, but it powers their whole Argo City. And he stole it. <laughs> Just like <laughs> Larry said, art. to make art. <laughs> that sounds great. 
I mean, is it like the best art ever, though? I mean, it's pretty cool. I'm saying, <laughs> here's what I'm saying. I'm saying the city owns that Argo City is powered by this, right? It would be the equivalent in our city, the huge power plant as you drive up, you know, up James River Freeway, of you borrowing it, Phil, to make, uh, to power your Moog synthesizer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anyway, when we come back, we'll talk more about the Omega Hedron. And Larry and I will talk about Power Plot, and we're going to power through this thing. Um, we'll be right back. So we're Peter O'Toole. All right. <laughs> it's time for some Power Plot. Okay, so um, let's go through this here. Um, riddle me this one, Larry. We we start out, Kara Zorel is her last name. Kara Zorel. Um, she is she's a, a, an inhabitant of Argo City. Tell us a little bit about in the comic book about Argo City. Is she in the comic book from Argo City? She is. Argo City was a city that actually survived the destruction of Krypton. Mm -hmm. They had a force field around the city to be able to protect them. And uh, she was sent to Earth at that point when there was some... Originally, and this is back in the Silver Age time. My my father was a comic book reader also. And so I've read some of those comics. And basically, she was sent to Earth um, after Clark was basically to make sure she survived and also to you know give earth another protector so they they had they knew a little bit but they didn't know clark like what she seems to in this movie so argo city's that in here it's almost like it's just covered in plastic or something and it's in a different <laughs> dimension and and I don't really understand how covered the ship in plastic. <laughs> well that's what it looked like it yeah it's covered in plastic <laughs> like what in the how does this protect you <laughs> From the harsh elements outside, apparently, because it's not a force field. I don't know. Well, they live in the what do you call it? the the uh, what zone? What, what sort a, of dimension do it, they live in? A trans-dimensional space, pocket of transdimensional space. So apparently, they went kind of like to the limbo world in between dimensions. I don't know. Argo City uh, is Kryptonian in um, origin. It's its own thing, like Larry has talked about. Um, we meet Kara. But then we also very quickly meet a man by the name of Zoltar. And he's played by none other than Peter O'Toole. And he's by far, and you, you folks may be able to tell, he is by far my favorite character. I, oh, yeah. I would love to have seen him with Kara Car- the entire movie. Oh, yeah. Because it would be better than what, we were, what we're given. And his acting in every moment. Would have been phenomenal. I'll take a cheeseburger. <laughs> He'll take a cheeseburger. Okay, keep ordering. And then she would say, what's a cheeseburger? But he would know. He loves Earth, by the way. He does. Loves Earth. Um, he is an artist at heart. Definitely. His uh, in, in a society that lives on Argo City, they must have a pretty... They must be able to do with the things they want. If he's like an artist that can... Right. He has like a wand thing. Yeah. <laughs> he has stolen the powers... Hear me out now. He's stolen the power source of the city. Think about this now, Larry. We're setting up an entire movie based on this buffoon stealing the power source of the city to create art. Well, you know, there's something to be said for artist heart where you really want to do something. And the only way to truly do this is with this power source. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? 
Oh, you could loosen out the plastic and he could be gone to Earth somehow. <laughs> okay, so he's playing around with it. He's How old is Peter O'Toole's character in this? He doesn't understand being responsible with the whole power source of the city. It's weird. So he steals it. Um, they don't show him stealing. He's just playing with it. Right. Uh, and he's make, makes a tree or something makes come a tree. to life. It's a tree, Kara. It's a tree. She makes it. <laughs> she makes she he lets Kara play with it. Right. And the wand of superpower. And um <laughs> she sword and um she makes a butterfly. She does. It. A big huge butterfly. The butterfly flies around. The uh Omega Hedron gets loose. It does. Why does it fly off? Do we know why? I have no idea. Butterflies, maybe. <laughs> maybe so. It flies through, like you said, the plastic wrap around the around the city, and then flies out into space. Yes. And everyone is so like the acting in this part is like, oh no, what are we gonna do? It's like, well, maybe not let Peter O'Toole have the uh, power source and play around with it. It's weird. That's a really weird way to get to where you wanted to go in a movie. It, it's not the only plot twist like that to where you kind of have to. It, this whole movie is full of things. You're like, why in the world did you do that? Yes. That makes no sense at all. Why? <laughs> Lots of whys. Lots of whys. Um, so the Omega Hedron goes away. Kara immediately goes to some space pod. Yeah. Um, but before that... It's just hanging out, you know. In, in, but, case you, in case you need a flight to Earth, here you go. And, and I'll, I'll say it one last time. Peter O'Toole, by far my favorite character in this. Um, but you don't, And you don't get to see him for a while here. So I'm going to say this. He, he is a man of honor. So he self-imposes his own... Uh, he, he self-imposes his own imprisonment in the Phantom Zone at this point. Oh, really? In, in only a way Peter O'Toole could. Uh, I must... Go to the handsome zone. And then he goes, I guess I guess he has a, I mean, how does he get there? Apparently, Anybody? Apparently we Fats have machine? a machine. I don't know. There's a phantom zone machine that runs on a secondary power source. <laughs> yeah. So he's incarcerating himself? Like he is. Well, because he, I mean, he did kill their city. Well, I mean, it, and nobody said, no, don't do that. No, they're like, finally, like one less, <laughs> one less artist in the world. Artists are starving everywhere. It's one less one. To... Sorry. Gosh. Anyway, so that makes Kara, 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 say it. it, it it's typically me. Kara. It's okay, Kara. She then in this escape pod, spaceship, whatever it is, whatever it is, travels through. What looks like a lava lamp at times. It does. <laughs> this bubbly looking thing. It looks like she's inside of a lava lamp and um, travels to Earth. Travels to Earth. Magically gets her Supergirl uniform on as she's coming through there. And her ship is nowhere to be seen, but she flies out of the lake. It's a yes. lady in the lake. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> she had a um, tracking, wrist tracking thing that Peter O'Toole's character created. Right. Using uh, the wand that would track the Omega Hedron. So it makes you think that this is not the first time the Omega Hedron has been lost. <laughs> well, you have a wait, tracker. Another artist stole it? Oh, gosh. <laughs> They're always trying to make their art. The last guy that, actually, the last guy that stole it, stole it to make the perfect uh, cheesy pita. It had well, bacon and cheese. 
and he stole it, but then he lost it. So there was a whole other thing. <laughs> Mixoplex was involved but, with that episode. It would have been totally worth it, though, if you got the perfect cheesy fajita. I know. Our Deliciousness. Pita. I'll take a fajita, pita, <laughs> and a quesadilla, whatever it is. It makes them all. That's right, the Omegahedron. It makes a toasty, cheesy pita. You know, that would be a good thing for a NBC show coming up. Coming to NBC this fall, it's Omegahedron. What can't it do? And then I go door-to-door trying to sell it. Peter O'Toole goes door-to-door, ladies and gentlemen, trying to sell you the Omegahedron. Would you like to make a tree? I know. It can make anything. It makes hamburger help for better somehow. All right. Enough of Peter. Sorry, Peter. Get back in there, Peter. Yeah, it's like a morning. We were talking about morning talk shows before we started recording. Get back in there. All right. Um, the Omega Hedron loves soup. Did you know this? It does love it soup. It lands in soup at a picnic of two warlocks. Yes. Yes, Phil. Mm-hmm. Your face tells me this sounds silly. But yes, this is literally how this movie works. Kara, who now Superman in comics, dark magic, yes. and what else? And kryptonite, kryptonite obviously. Are his two biggest weaknesses. Right. Hey, the Selena and what's the what's Snape's name in this movie? <laughs> it's like a Snape-like character. Oh, what is his name? Um, it uh, Nigel. 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 That's Nigel. right. That's what Nigel. You have yes. me do. I'm Nigel. Um, it lands Which is in Peter S- Cook. Yeah, it lands in Selena's soup. Uh, at their and I wrote in my notes in their at their black magic picnic, <laughs> sitting on the lawn. Outside the Nelson Art Museum with the big badminton birdie. And um, they're sitting there, and um, it lands in the soup. Nigel uh, is trying to teach Selena how to do magic. Is that what you well, get from this? Well, I get that he's like her, um, you know, basically he's the one in charge. He's the one who knows magic more. She's more of a novice at this point. Okay. And so, but she's been trying to learn from this uh, warlock named Nigel, who actually also teaches later on. He's a teacher at that school, isn't he? Right. Yes, he is. Okay. All right. I was. I w- If I wasn't right there, I was going to say that's some of the worst casting they've ever done. Let's look. <laughs> two actors that look exactly alike. Because I, I didn't. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Now I make the connection. I think I'm not very smart, folks. Um, don't say anything, Larry. When I say this, <laughs> crickets. Don't agree. <laughs> Please don't agree. Um. So Nigel um, gets cast aside at this point. He does because she's found, Selena has found what she's always been looking for the source of power that magically can power a city and also give a witch her power. And it powers uh, Nigel's Cadillac. It does. He has a Cadillac, uh, I think it's a Seville. I think it's a Cadillac Seville, not a Doveville, but a Seville. Uh, like, uh, and. He has, I have the keys, you can't go anywhere. And she holds the um, Omega Hedron up to the, uh, well, one of the radio, it tra- makes the radio play. Um, and then uh, it starts the car, too. It's the first push button uh, startup <laughs> key fob. So it's an alien carjacking tool. Is it is. Me. Pretty fun. Well, <laughs> it powers a whole city, remember. <laughs> and so um, we meet. Bianca is her Bianca, assistant. Yes, and uh, Selena goes back to her her lair, which is an old abandoned abandoned amusement park, like the haunted house of it, like okay. some Scooby Doo character. I, I was gonna say, I'm just waiting for, and we would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. <laughs> Let's see who it is. It's Selena, the old oh. the old lady who runs the amusement park. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so they uh, uh, they get there, and uh, she's trying to figure out, and really, all these segments where she's trying to figure out how to use it are very clunky to me. Did very, you feel that way? Yes. Yes, I did. And And you look at it, and you're like, couldn't you have just had her figure it out somehow and, like, be super powerful? But instead, it's like this weird, like, she has to learn how it works, but she does it in a really dumb way. I don't Very know how to dumb way. I don't know how to describe it other than that, folks. But you would think something that powerful that somehow can make your magic more powerful would kind of tap into your brain and yes. just kind of teach you how to use it. But not she, on Supergirl. Not on Supergirl. And she um, she tries a bunch of different things. And remember now, she's she's been to Black Magic, so she incorporates that into this a little bit. Um, Supergirl comes to Earth, like you said, but we don't see her pod land. Right. You just see her come out of her. Well, she formed into Supergirl in space. I'm, I feel like that was the case. Yeah, but space she came or out of, no, but she in, came out of space. The, she came out of the pod, and then all of a sudden she's flying out of the lake. Right. <laughs> and they didn't show it crashing the lake. So I'm like, so is the interdimensional place inside the lake? Wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, conspiracy theory stuff. Um, you know, sometimes they talk about UFOs actually just have bases under. Maybe there's a underwater. Maybe there's a, a maybe there's some sort of transdimensional portal. Anyway, I digress. Isn't that where the, the kaijus came from in Pacific Rim? So <laughs> is that the same place there? I, I don't know. A nuclear, uh, there's a nuclear, nu- not nuclear, but nuclear, nuclear uh, <laughs> uh, explosion. Um, she, Supergirl, uh, realizes that the Omegacron is very powerful and needs to end, uh, and she it has to be protected. So she has to go undercover as Linda Lee. Right. Because she witnesses a softball game at a girl's school. Because nothing says, my city's going to die without power. Why don't I just become an undercover agent and pretend like I'm a high school girl at a private academy that doesn't have any records of me. <laughs> makes right. sense to me. And and she she didn't know where it was at though, right? No. So she <laughs> she had no idea. Her bracelet's not really telling her at the moment, so she just pretends to be somebody else. Yeah. Weird. What, I know that it connects to the comic books because Linda Lee was what her name was when she actually in the comics crashed onto Earth and she meets Superman. He basically takes her under his wings and is like, well, you need a secret Earth identity. Why don't we call you Linda Lee because I have this thing for L names. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so so that happened. And then the interesting thing, because they talk um, to Mr. Danvers, who's in charge of the school. In the comics, she becomes Linda Danvers. She gets adopted by the Danvers family. So that that's what the connection was there. Oh, okay. Very loosely, and we're I'm kind of going, okay, were you hoping for that in, like, the sequel movie? Because Argo, Argo City, spoiler alert here, folks, uh, for a 1984 movie, but it survives at the end. It does. So that left it to where you could have had a sequel, but who's going to make a sequel to this, right? <laughs> when really? you made $14 million, I don't know. I think, Crypt, I think Crypto might have a better uh, <laughs> a better chance of having its own movie again. Um, so she um, she enrolls in the school. She sees the groundskeeper, Ethan, who plays a part in this later. He throws a softball back. with his, He's got his shirt off. He's hunky. 
by the way, Phil. He's a hunk. And he throws a softball ball back a softball back to the, what, everybody. What is a groundskeeper with no shirt on doing at an all girls school? That's a great. That's a great question. <laughs> Tr- trying to attract Selena. Apparently, yeah, he, apparently, and it worked. And and so, but then um, Selena shows up. Why does she? Why does she show up through, in town? There? Uh, I think she's just driving around trying to figure out how the orb works. Right, but and I have no idea why. That makes she's driving. Selena's driving around. She um, uh, that makes Kara's uh, Fitbit uh, thing light up, and she knows. Okay, that's where it's at. It's in that Cadillac there, and I and so she she knows that's who has it, and she sees Selena and Bianca, and that's who has it. Um, Selena then vows to um, get Ethan to be her man. Right, she's gonna upgrade. Yes. Uh, from Nigel, so she you, does a spell, and it eventually works, right? With with a spider, I just love the spider part too. Inside of a nut. Inside of a nut. Instead of using the orb, she doesn't want to do that. She wants to make an old time magic spell. Old timey incantation. Incantation, not incarnation, but incantation. <laughs> and once he drinks it, and he kind of wakes up, then the first woman he sees, you'll fall in love with. Yes, this is a classic classic thing um he however wakes up and she's out of the room she had she had uh kidnapped him or ethan napped him not sure what you'd call it and um she uh then uh he wakes up and he wanders off so he wanders away wanders into the downtown area at the same moment we're meeting we're seeing jimmy olsen for the first time yes oh by the way Kara has befriended What's uh, Lois Lane's sister's name? Lucy Lee. Lucy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lucy Lane. Lucy Lane. Um, <laughs> Too many L's. L's. Yeah. Exactly. And so, yeah, I think so. It's like, um, and so they have uh, those people coming together, trying to build some sort of a background there to make you actually care about these people. Right. And then, um, but the guy, Ethan, wanders downtown. Uh, what's her face? Selena can see through this mirror. And she sees Ethan, and she has a construction vehicle um, trap Ethan inside of it. Kara saves him. He sees Kara. He instantly, of course, falls in love because the first person he sees. With her secret identity of Linda Lee. Doesn't fall in love with Supergirl, but Linda Lee. Linda uh- Lee. So they, um, that, that foils her plans. Uh, what, what happens next? Where are we at next here? Um, we have uh, that happens. Supergirl then um, ends up running aground with Selena a few times. They oh, they have a big fight at the fairgrounds. Yeah, they do. And uh, Selena uses her powers um, and is able to stop uh, Supergirl, basically using. Ethan is bait. Right. We have the dumbest flight thing I've ever seen in my whole life <laughs> where Ethan is the damsel in distress. Yes. He's saved and Kara flies him over the ocean in these NFL themed, no lie, NFL themed bumper car things from the fair and he's laying in it and she's flying it and it's in shot the whole time. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> anyway, when we come back, we'll finish up our plot. We'll talk about some good to bads, rate this, and we'll talk about what you've been into lately, Larry. All right. All right. We will be right back. All right. So um, 
<laughs> they have a moment on the beach, uh, Kara and Ethan. The um, <laughs> sorry, Ethan, I almost called Ethan dumb. I shouldn't call him that. He's, he's dumb. He's Ethan. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's a dumb jock. So he's like, I gotta find Kara. I gotta find Linda Lee. She, I'm in love with her. I love everything about her. And then Kara, as Supergirl's like, she's fine. Don't worry about it. And then she smooches him. And then he's like, Linda? It's like this weird thing because Linda Lee, Linda Lee's character, has dark, has dark hair. What? That's her disguise. Right. Like, oh, oh, I forgot about this. Is she wearing a wig? Or no. Yes. What? But she just transforms <laughs> earlier in the movie. This is like the Superman powers from like Superman 3 and 4 where you go, yeah. those aren't real Superman powers. Why is he... Why is he ripping off the S and it turned into like this saran wrap thing he throws at people? Like, what? He did that in Superman 3 so, or 4 two, or whatever. Two. It was two. two. It was what? at the end of two, yeah. So the yellow sun gives her the power to change the color of her hair? Is that what you're saying? And morph into, uh, I mean, she didn't really change her face. No. She just changed her hair color. She just walked. It's like a transformation walking thing. And, well, she transformed into Linda Lee because she had an outfit on then. Right. I, but she stole the outfit from the one girl that was leaving the softball game, left her bag there. Uh, she grabbed the bag for the outfit. <laughs> At least that's what I picked up. I'm like, oh, so you're stealing now. Okay. <laughs> and nobody's going to miss this outfit, right? It's well, going to fit perfectly. But her uncle, Peter O'Toole, steals things all the time. She doesn't. This is the person that's modeling uh, behaviors for her. And so she doesn't understand stealing. I mean, he, she, she justified in her head, you know. Zoltar stole an entire power source for our city. I can steal this outfit. It'll be fine. Right. Well, and, you know, because it's going to help me be able to figure out where this orb is by, yeah. you know, pretending like I'm a schoolgirl. And having to go to classes <laughs> every day. And having day. to go to classes, yeah. <laughs> and answer questions in the classes. Nobody understands. What's the square root of two billion, trillion, million, billion? <laughs> and then she rattles off some answer. And then Nigel, who's the her, her teacher, ironically... That that cues him off to think there's something up with this person, because mathematics makes you you know questionable. Makes you alien. Makes you alien. Kids don't know math. They don't know no math. Okay, so um, Ethan and her have a moment. They have to go. No, 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 no. Selena's powers have ramped up. Yep. She can't. She basically makes Ethan disappear. Right. And come back to her castle that she creates a castle on top of this mesa that was never in the middle of that town. And the castle's on top of it. And Ethan now is under her control and works as her man. Right. She becomes princess of Earth. She does. She has a, um, she basically declares martial law on the city or town or whatever, whatever this is supposed to be in <laughs> Illinois. But it's not. But, and then, um, and, well, then, and, and yeah. she gets that power because she, um, because um, oh, Nigel, Nigel gives her the wand, the wand of pure evil. <laughs> this wand will help you be able to do this because it's the wand of pure evil. And she puts the um, the orb inside yeah. of the wand. Yeah. And that's what gives her enough juice to get it done. Uh, she casts Nigel away basically at this point uh, for Ethan. Uh, she summons a demon, and this demon is about ready to... Oh, I, I left out Supergirl being sent to the Phantom Zone. Yes, right. Um, Supergirl 
Oh, and the return of my favorite character. Um, Supergirl is sent to the Phantom Zone by Selina. Because Selina knows about the Phantom Zone, which is Kryptonian somehow. Well, you know, it all it all makes sense. Okay. Inside well, as long, the, as, long as it makes sense. Inside of a movie, you know, based on a city covered in, you know, rap, saran wrap, right. saran wrap or whatever, <laughs> uh, plastic wrap. <laughs> Like a murder scene. <laughs> like, literally, like, the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> anyway, so um, she's sent to the Phantom Zone, and it's horrible. Her power, she has no powers. She falls into the bog of uh, eternal stench. Great. And, uh, like, on, is that an elaborate? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that right? Yes. You, you know yes. what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Yeah. You don't want to get that on you, Phil. Trust me. It doesn't come off. It never comes off. You smell forever. <laughs> Um, and she falls in it. Luckily, Peter O'Toole is there, and he's crazy. He helps her out of it. He has a squirt bottle thing. He's went insane because he's there. And um, and all of the evil villains are on the other side of the horizon. <laughs> oh my gosh! Just so we don't, just so they didn't have to bring the actors and act, or the two actors and the actress from uh, Superman Two. Superman Two. Yeah, I would have loved Zod to have been in this. That would have been awesome. Oh, please give us Zod. <laughs> we don't want to have to listen to it. Like I said, Selena really is, at best, a Scooby-Doo villain. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, at yeah. best, right. she's a Scooby-Doo villain. Now, can you imagine Zoltar facing off with Zod? Oh, Zod, wouldn't you like to make a tree instead of taking over the Earth? Here's a power source. We can make a tree. I would just crush him. <laughs> uh, and he wore a sweater. Yeah. Zoltar had a... I, I, I'm not saying anything here, folks, but it's the only way I can describe this. He had on a Bill Cosby sweater. Like, I'm just saying, the Cosby-type sweater. Yes, he did. That's what he, and I'm not going to say anything about Bill Cosby, but I'm just saying, that's what he had on. And you're just like, what? Are you from another planet or not? Anyway. Well, you know, the whole thing where he gave Kara the pudding pop after she arrived, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Wouldn't you like a good uh, pudding pop? Here's a pudding pop. Um, so... Here we go. They, um, he helps her get out of the Phantom Zone by giving up his own life, basically. I don't it, understand the logic on this. How'd that happen? It didn't seem like it needed to happen. It just, you know, we got to get rid of the character somehow. Have him fall off into this cyclone that somehow will get you back. And nobody's ever done this before, so I'm going to sacrifice myself because apparently that's what's required. I, I sacrifice to get out of the uh, Phantom Zone. Oh, my gosh awesome and some of the worst special effects even for the 80s oh my gosh that was bad we say this a lot though on here like where there are there are movies that what would be a, a high-end movie had ghostbusters this is summer that ghostbusters came out last summer was ghostbusters no 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 no, no, no. no. i'm saying oh, 84. 84 uh so, yeah so, i believe it was yes. okay so they were able to make ghostbusters and it granted by today's standards the original ghostbusters is not awesome that's pretty darn good. Right. Slimer looked like yes. it was on screen. Right. Okay? Um, the the proton packs looked like they were blazing lightning. Right. And it didn't look goofy. I think most of the CGI looks good in that movie, but do you remember, like, the, the lions or the, no, like, yeah. the bees at the end? Right. Because they yes. used, like, uh, claymation. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel yeah. like right. they used some claymation on those. But I, get, I get your point, though. Like, Trust me. The, the CGI looks much better in Ghostbusters. If, if you watch one. that and then you watch this, you're like, oh, this came out, like, you know, 20 years different. Um, right. So Ghostbusters came out, uh, yeah, same, same year, 1984. Do you have a budget? 
for Ghostbusters? Because I always like to compare the budgets on things. Because like, if this budget was, what did I say it was? $35 million. Okay. Uh, they did their movie with less money, $30 million. Oh See, gosh. there you go. Hey, okay. So it's, it's all about how you how you put things together and how and how you yeah Ghostbusters I, came I, out the, yeah. the same summer as Supergirl <laughs> <laughs> so you know like you just you go how's that possible we do that with um in the 90s like 90 what when did Jurassic Park come out 93 is 93 oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah like that, if, that if, becomes the the, the 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 level that's the bar right if you if you compare special effects to nowadays, everything looks bad. But if you compare it to contemporary right, films, right, exactly, and it still looks bad by contemporary standards. You're like, okay, that's really not good. Well, look, well in, in Star Wars, have done right. all three yeah, runs right, at that yeah. point. You had Return yeah. of the Jedi in '83, so yeah, that, that's really your your bearer right there. Yeah. If it's not up to that par, yes, and, and this is just terrible. I mean, the, even the flying Superman, the original Superman, which was '78, I think. The flying looked better in that than it does in this. This is terrible when she's flying. It, I, I do think it was really funny the scene where she was flying and she does the little flip, but her skirt doesn't move. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad they kept modesty in mind. Um, but yeah. The, the physics of that is the, not quite right. Well, it's a super suit, you know? It's going to have those physics things, uh, probably made by. Uh, What's her name from The Incredibles? So, you know. Gosh, I'll keep it down. <laughs> so, um, where was I at? We lost a train of thought there. Sorry. Our, oh, our Phantom comparing. Zone. The Phantom, Phantom Zone. Zone. She escapes the Phantom Zone and she comes back ready to fight. Um, there was the monster. She kills this uh, this demon monster thing. Um, and then what she... Oh, and then she banishes the monster, um, Selena, and Bianca as well to the right. Phantom Zone. Right. I feel bad for Bianca yeah. here. She, she, I don't think she. Did you think she deserved the Phantom Zone? No, I didn't think she deserved the Phantom, especially not being stuck with Selena in there. I mean, Nigel, Nigel didn't get. Did no, he survive? No, he survived, but he was up in the cage with the rest of them when the cage fell. The you remember the great cage scene where they had the three cages <laughs> up top and they dropped the cages and Selena had made these big spikes and then Supergirl used her freeze breath to cause them to shatter when they hit. Yeah, that was just. Phenomenal. Stupid. Um, <laughs> the great cage scene. I like how you call it the great cage scene because it did seem like. Oh yeah. Yes. Remember. And then I was the head of. Down. Yes. I was the head of of the great cage scene of <laughs> Supergirl. Yes, this was the greatest Ooh, scene well. ever created. Well, and, and I did love when Supergirl came back from the Phantom Zone and she looked at Selena. Selena, you can't get away with this any longer. I'm like. How do you even know her name? I mean, yeah. really, you've kind of done some battle, but you guys really Any aren't long. on first name. It's like Lex Luthor, you vile criminal. <laughs> Selena. I'm like, um, you're, she's not your arch nemesis here, dude. Come on. Yeah, and, and it feels like this is all happening in about a manner of like 25 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like, so the world, even though she has somehow enslaved the world, but really only enslaved this town. Anyway, so anyway, but she has a plan. She showed it on the map. It'll start in this town and move oh, out here, yes. and then by end's week, I'll control the whole earth. She's franchising evil. She folks. is franchising. She's evil. franchising evil. You can buy your franchise today. <laughs> Come on in, I'll franchise you. All right. So um, she gets the Omega Cron, Omega Omega Cron, the Omega Hedron <laughs> back, takes it back to Argo City, and the lights come on. Ethan but, and her say bye. Yes. And the, the end. little tear because he's knowing that he's losing the love of his life to flying through the yes. lake. 
gosh. She flew out. She flew out into space. No, she flew back into the water. I think she flew away. She flew in the water. At the end, you can see her. She flies into the water and under the water. Then all suddenly, she it ends there. I'm like, uh, oh. the movie ends there. Yeah. Well, she she delivers back the uh, we, we, we assume we don't actually see her do that. Yeah. We That's... just shows her flying there. Maybe it's too late. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Uh, goods and bads. What are some goods of this movie, Larry? You know, I really like the cast on this. I'll be honest. Helen Slater, who, uh, like I said before, I've met Helen Slater. Nicest person in the whole world. She's beautiful. I actually think she's a good actress. She's not done a whole lot of recent. She's got some stuff on IMDb that she's done. Um, I think she was a great cast for this. If she would have had a better script... I think it could have made a franchise of these movies because she actually fit fit that perfectly. Faye Dunaway is great, even though her character, again, horrible writing, but her character is great. I, I like her in that role. And Peter O'Toole, of course, is the best part of the whole movie. So I, I love Peter O'Toole. So the actors, I think, were fantastic. Peter O'Toole is quite possibly the greatest Shakespearean-trained actor <laughs> that ever that's ever been that's ever been in history um he is a direct descendant did you know this of um all of the tybalts from the romeo and juliet uh story he's a direct descendant did not know that his mom's name was tybalt uh that's not real um i made that all up um he's the best actor you've ever seen couldn't I, you actually see him on screen against um James Kirk. I mean, come on, Captain Kirk here. Those two would overact. It'd be great. Here's your villain. I can overact you, Mr. James Kirk. It would be like, say these two sentences of lines, and it'd be like, 25 minutes later. (laughs) Oh, no. He is the best, though, Peter O'Toole. Um, So, so bads, it just breaks everything else in general. You know, the script is terrible. The directing, like you said, is so... It's nothing's together. Nothing really makes sense on why we do it other than to further along the story. And that really is terrible. Um, What I had read was this was not even done by uh, a company from America. It was actually done outside. The directors came from outside of the U.S. They had no familiarity with Supergirl. They were just trying to go off of Superman. Superman originally was scheduled. Christopher Reeves was actually going to be in this movie with her at one point. And uh, I don't know at what point in the movie they were planning well, on they that. Really, they really could have used him. But, yeah. But uh, that was about the time of Superman 4 and things weren't going well. And there was going to be, a, you know, you were going to have to pay him a lot of money to get him to guest star on it. So they didn't do that. But, you know, I, I have a little fondness for this movie just because I find this cast of actors just fun. But, oh, gosh, it's so terrible it's as far as script. It's really bad. Now let's rate this one uh, hor- <laughs> one to five horribles. One horrible being kind of bad, you know, kind of bad like Superman two. Yeah. I-, I think Superman two is. A- I don't think it's very good. Superman one for yeah. when it was made, right? You know. uh, but five being the worst thing you can imagine watching. I mean, the absolute worst. It's not even fun to watch. It's so horrible. With this cast of characters, I can't be too down on it. I, I do like them, even though the script is horrible. I, I can watch this movie. I give it a, a two, I think. Okay, I, oh, that's you know, good. I'm thinking three, but I yeah. think more of a two. 
I'm going to go, I was going to say a three, but I'll also give it a two because of uh, my favorite actor. Did I mention my favorite actor today? <laughs> Peter O'Toole. Yeah, I was trained in a Shakespearean acting camp outside of Liverpool, Phil. What did you say? All right. Um, what, what, what did you say? Um, I wonder if he's a trained artist along with it to make the tree. Uh, he's a Bob Ross. He's like Bob Ross. He is. He's a trained, he's happy, happy tree artist. Um, Larry, what have you been into lately? Well, you know. Anything. It could be anything. Sure. Along with my- Legal. <laughs> well, now you're limiting me. <laughs> you know, I... You know, I've spent a lot of time working on my website and working on stuff like that. So I'm really just really into geek stuff. I love going to comic conventions. Uh, Library Con's coming up here in a cool. couple weeks. Phenomenal. And uh, anybody that doesn't know, Springfield, Missouri has a comic convention, a one-day convention sponsored by the public library. And they're, they're, this is year three, and they're really ramping it up. And uh, I, I actually get to interview some really cool people at Library Con. I'm on a... I'm going to MC a panel with uh, some of the big names and comic books that are living in our area. So that's awesome. Um, Colin Bunn oh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and a couple other guys who somehow I've lost their names off the top of my head. It happens. But uh, but yeah, I, I'm super stoked about that because that's. I mean, I feel like I've hit big time when I start getting to talk to these guys. Yeah, right. And uh, so I, I'm into that, and uh, you know. Boy, have, having kids and everything else, I just don't get to be into stuff. I used to be a big gamer, but don't get to play games very often now. Right. I've got uh, a 16-year-old cheerleader and a uh, 8-year-old boy who's all into soccer. And so I spent a lot of time going to stuff with that. And it's wonderful. But, uh, yeah, so pretty much just making time for my own stuff. That's so. awesome. For, for local listeners, as this episode airs, Library Con is tomorrow. So, oh, yeah, there de we definitely go. Uh, get on Facebook and search that out and get, get details on it. Uh, folks, on our podcast edition, if you want to uh, make sure you download that, um, we're going we're gonna to talk some about Comic-Cons. We're going to talk about All right. things we've been to, that sort of thing. Uh, Larry, we really appreciate you coming on. It was my pleasure, uh, Jack. Stick around. Let's talk a little bit more. Folks, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, check out Larry's website, geekycool.com. That's cool with a K, and you will be pleased that you did. Thanks a lot. See you soon. All right, well, uh, Larry, we talked about at the end of the uh, regular episode about um, or the episode, the main episode. What am I saying here? We talked about just seconds ago <laughs> you doing um, library con. Yes. Here in the Springfield greater metropolitan area. Um, I'm like the Peter O'Toole of talking about things. Um, I just got to go on and on. Um, tell us a little bit about it. And then let's talk about some other co comic cons that we've sure. been to, you've been to. Well, Library Con's the third annual. It was the brainchild of a, a couple of people that worked at the library that wanted to see the library expand out to become more open to people with geeky interests. And so originally, uh, three years ago, they started one just kind of kind of putting stuff together to see what it would work. And uh, they've actually continued to grow. Um, they I think they grew. What was it? Five hundred percent last year or something. It was, oh, it was phenomenal. Wow. They, they, I think they had around five thousand people in the year before. It was under a thousand. Wow. So and they're anticipating continue to grow. So LibraryCon, and this year they've got a lot more panels going on. They've got a lot more stuff. 
Um, everything was kind of put into the front of the library as you walked in before, and now it's going to be spread out through the entire library. So basically, before the, the regular part of the library had said, we don't really want you to interfere with what yeah. we're doing here. And that's understandable because yeah. you've got patrons that are coming in. But I think they've bought in that this is going to bring a lot of people in the library who may not go to the library on a regular basis. Also, I think it, it shows that the libraries are a lot more than just some place to go check out dusty books that uh, nobody <laughs> reads anymore. <laughs> that it's actually a huge investment for a community to have libraries. And I really think they're really showing that with LibraryCon. And, and they're kind of leading this whole idea that uh, with libraries around the nation of expanding themselves out to do stuff like this. So it's actually really cool. Well, and there's a... Um and there's just a population of people that um, that the the convention idea in general is fun, right? Because it's so much fun. Like yes, we, we've talked about so many times in this podcast about the um, the people that attend comic, comic book conventions or what. Well, like San, we talked about San Diego. San Diego Comic Con has morphed into this other like, media convention thing, but like. Like Planet Comic Con in Springfield or in uh, Kansas City, or like we went to Vision Con this yes. year. Yes. This is the, and I, again, I, I feel this way. This is the least judgmental group of people, which says a lot. Like, because we've, you know, you've seen so many people dress up in different cosplay right. things, uh, costumes, and that sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, that's just what you do. That's how you dress up. And it's, uh, the, you know, this lady over here is dressed up as, I don't know. Power Girl, and then right. they've got, but she, you know, she's a librarian during the week, right? Or you know, maybe I shouldn't tell about Library Con. <laughs> maybe that sounded weird. I would meant at a, just a general Comic Con. She works right. at a grocery store during the week or whatever, right? And we've you know. seen we've seen people that I, like I don't even think that these people are necessarily. I think we can say transgender on this podcast. Um, like they're not like that in their their normal lifestyle, but it's like a male a guy that wants to cosplay as his favorite female right. comic book right. hero. And that's totally access acceptable. Like nobody w is going to make fun of that, that guy for doing that. Like th that's what I like is that you, you get to embrace what the passion of your heart, like whatever, whatever gets you going, you know, the, the your favorite comic book or whatever, or a TV show or movie or whatever. And, and everyone recognizes that because they, they have the same heart, maybe not for right. the same character, right. but in that same way. It is. It's truly bringing together f fandoms, just in general, people being okay to express your geekiness. Because when I was a kid, you know, it wasn't really okay, especially in a little town like Lockwood. I was kind of an outcast because I was in the comic books, I was in the sci-fi, I was in to all the stuff that just wasn't cool at the time. And now I get to go hang out with a group that loves the same sort of stuff I do. And even though I may not love you know, this anime thing that this person's doing, I think it's so cool that they're doing it. Great. Go ahead and do that. That's fantastic. And, and it is, it's a very accepting community overall. Now you get some of that whole you, people that want to be a purist because a lot of times comic book fans, especially in, in com, older comic book fans have gone through a lot of hardship of people giving them swirlies and, and mistreating them yeah. because of that. Yeah. And they feel like certain people have not paid their dues. Well, you're just a fake geek because you've not paid your dues and you can't recite all <laughs> 75 years of history of this character. And you don't really it's know like, this. It's like the same thing. It's like the same things that they may have been. And I'm going I'm to say persecution lightly, right. folks, because I, I, I'm not, you know what I'm saying, that they might have been persecuted for 
Now they're in turn <laughs> right. becoming the person that's doing the persecution. Like, it's like <laughs> so weird. Like, Well, you know, I, it's an exclusive club, and I take pride in my persecution, so I don't want you to come in unless you get persecuted too. There, it, there is kind of an old money, new money yeah, there thing is. going in comic there is. books. Yeah, it's well, interesting. It, it is, and, as and, a, and to be fair, I'm a new money comic. I, I didn't get into comic books until the last 10 years. Right. So, you know, there there is a whole... Um, history of 70s 80s you know going back silver age comics right, that i right. don't i don't know anything about and so you know it's it does kind of separate people a little bit but i think people are just excited that right more people are into the fold well and i think know? that's the majority of people i think the minority are the ones that are trying to be the gatekeepers of it because i have got a philosophy in if you are interested in something and you don't know anything about it if you just think that costume looks cool cosplay it do whatever that's awesome if you want to know more I will tell you what I know, and I can hook you up with Keith, who will tell you the history all the way back for 75 years of the character right. or whoever. But, it, you know, it, it's, you know, there's things that I enjoy that I don't necessarily need all that history for. And there's things that I really want that because that's just one of those things that I like. I need to know all the stuff about Peter Parker because that's my character. Yeah. But I honestly don't need to know the full history of Tony Stark. I mean, I got a general idea. I know his drinking problem. I know he's been kind of a jerk the entire time, which yeah. I think is kind of a cool thing that you've got characters that really aren't the nice guys. And I think that's what set Marvel apart originally was you had characters that were they weren't also they weren't always squeaky clean. No, yeah. no, you, Tony Stark, who was just a, a horrible person in general, but <laughs> but made a great hero. And you had Mister Fantastic, who's super intelligent, but pays no attention to his wife. And you've got, I mean, so you've got character flaws and characters, which I think is awesome. But you know, I don't have to know all that to be a fan or to wear a T-shirt or even to dress up as them. Do whatever you want to do. And I think cosplay is a whole geeky thing of itself. If you want to do that and cosplay somebody, but you don't know anything, you're still being very much a geek by doing that. Good grief. You're making your outfit or you're putting this together. The talent and the time that that stuff takes is phenomenal. Do you, do you have a set amount of those that you go to, to cover for your website a year or, or how, mm. uh, we've, we've talked about this a lot. Like we'll go, we've been to a couple. It's just, the amount of time that well, right, right. We, we all work our other jobs. Right, so it's not exactly. Like we're, this is, we're doing this for a living. Which Man, be, I wish I could do it for a living. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> like, it would I be awesome. I tell people that. I'm just like, it would be, I don't know what that would look like. Uh, me either. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I typically go three or four a year okay. is what I try which to go to. Which ones do you hit normally? Um, I normally hit VisionCon. Um, Planet has been weird because of the timing. It's been, I always go to LibraryCon. I always go to VisionCon. Um, Planet had always been around the same time as Chicago C2E2. And I had right. got into C2E2 when I started going there. Some friends of mine were going and they're like, hey, you should come. And so I just started going is and had all, a great time. Is it awesome? It is awesome. Um, it's, it's rather large now. Planet's starting to get to that same point to where it's about the same size. Because Planet wow. in the last 10 years has just Balloon. blown. Yeah. yeah, it's phenomenal. But, but it's pretty cool. And being in Chicago is a really interesting experience. Um, <laughs> I'll say C2E2 when I first started saw me as a legit person that uh, you got this website and we're going to let you go free and give you a press pass to, yeah, we're having enough people come in. We don't really want to give press passes to just everybody. You got to have at least, you know, oh, okay. 10,000 hits a day before we'll think you're legit. I'm like, okay, well, all right, thanks. I'll, I'll go anyway. And then last year I didn't get to go to C2E2, but went to Planet, and I love going to Planet. Planet being in Kansas City is... It's easy to get Yeah, to, it's yeah. easy. It's I've got family that lives in Kansas City, so I can go stay there, and that's yeah. a lot 
cheaper on the expenses. So yeah, I hit that one. There's sometimes I'll hit other local ones that are around. Mm -hmm. I've gone to um, St. Louis, been up there before. So it just kind of depends on the year, but I try to get, you know, three or four in a year. Sometimes it's a money issue because well, it costs money. Like right. you don't want to spend the night th- type thing. It's been a uh, plan. The last two years has just been kind of our little fun outing. Like we just kind of go. This is a good. You know, it's our right. it's our little trip, and we'll go on a trip, and it's fun. And well, we do a panel and right you, exactly. Saw, but. Well, and a th- a three day thing at Planet is is actually great because I did three days this year because I have family up there, and I took my uh, buddy Brian who does some writing for us also, and we just stayed at my sister's house up there. And so that, that made cut the expenses way down. And she fed us dinner. And I mean, it, that, it yeah. does. I mean, if you're not having to eat out and you're not having to pay for a hotel room, those things become a lot more affordable. And the fact that Planet sees me as a legit uh, um, person out there doing it. So they gave me a press pass and fantastic. Thank you, Planet. You're awesome, by the awesome. way, for looking at the, those of us that are right. a little smaller of press, but we still consider ourselves press because I, I, I didn't go to journalism school, but I taken some journalism classes and I see myself as like a, a journalist of sorts. I, I'm not a hardcore journalist, more of an editorial guy, but uh, you know, that that's kind of where I, I want to be. I, I want to have my website seen as that. And I think with uh, Titans of the Fantastic, I think we're probably going to get some more awesome. opportunities. So yeah, I, but I, I love going to those conventions. I always walk in the first day, take a deep breath and go, I'm with my people. And then by the third day, I take a deep breath and go, oh, I wish I wasn't with these people all the time. Because for those day of you, three is, yeah, some yeah day, of you, day three is so funny. Like, <sighs> like, and I, I'm, I'm big on, uh, like, for me, I don't have, in, I think if you said, Jack, you have to cosplay, I would. You're right. I just, I, that's not my, that's not anything that I'm, I'm really wanting to do. I enjoy it. Like, I think it's really cool. Right. People right. do it. But yeah, you're right. That that uh, the day three of people wearing the same costume. Yes. I mean, it's not pleasant, right? So for for those that don't know, some people in the geek community may not be as aware of their hygiene, and that that's a trope. That's not true. I think it's become less and less true. Yeah. One, people have become aware. Two, we've gotten a lot new blood going to these things. It's not the same old people that live at home in their basement. <laughs> the, those. Those are, are tropes, and, and sometimes there's some truth to some of that, but it's not all that. Geeks are a lot beyond that nowadays. So, well, and and it's just the the nature of the material of right, those outfits. Right, it's yeah. like, I mean, come on. I mean, that's just the, yeah. Some people pack three different cosplays wow, or more. Okay. I mean, I, I've got friends of mine that cosplay up in Chicago, and some days they're wearing three different outfits. Crazy. I'm like, how do you pack all that stuff? Because that's yeah. a lot of stuff to take. I've cosplayed a little bit with, uh, and not with any known characters, just some steampunk stuff because I'm really into steampunk. I think that's a really cool genre. I'm mm-hmm. actually working on a novel that I'm writing, very, very slowly writing. I need to get back to it. I'm not spending the time doing it that I need yeah. to, but uh, I'm doing a steampunk novel set uh in, in the late 1880s with a, a 14 year old girl so cool. yeah um uh you said steam steampunk and i'm gonna uh, chase a small rabbit go right ahead um the uh in memphis the pyramid in memphis have you been in it in I've the last couple of years no. okay well they've changed it bass pro owns it ah well that what they've done is the Pyramid of Memphis used to be the Memphis Grizzlies home basketball court. Right, right. Then it sat dormant for like over 10 years. I mean, I'm saying that and it's probably even 13 or 14 years. They built a new arena just off of Beale Street, downtown Memphis. 
And so the pyramid just sat there and had flea markets in it or right, had, right. Like they just trying to think, and it's a huge building. Like if you ever have you ever seen the pyramid? I've seen it. But it's I've not been in monstrous. It. It's yeah. Massive, yeah. Well, they changed it to Bass Pro, and it is a really cool Bass Pro. Like it is a very, it's neat because it's just open, and it's just huge like floor, and there's water in there, and there's a, it's Bass Pro. It's our Bass Pro in Springfield. Only it's this huge gigantic one. Do, but, do they at least dress up Egyptian or something with it? Because that'd be a lot <laughs> check of fun. Check this out. Check this out. There's a the tallest freestanding elevator in America is in that Best Pro. Wow! And it's in the very middle of the store. You walk in the store, you walk under, you know, just walk in, and there it is. It's straight to the top. There's an observation deck, and it costs ten bucks to go up there. But there is a restaurant there, and here's where the tie-in is. It's steampunk themed. That's awesome. Now it may not be hardcore steampunk enough for you, but I was just like, my wife and I went up there, and she's like, this is like. Straight up steampunk. And it's really cool. There's a really cool aquarium up there, and there's just a really cool um, water feature stuff mm-hmm. that's up there, but it's steampunk up there. That's fantastic. And there's an observation deck you step out on, and it's like a glass, like it's like a glass thing that you see down the side of the pyramid, and it's just you see downtown Memphis. It's awesome. Anyway, so check it out. Yeah. This, this <laughs> segment brought to you by Bass Pros Pyramid in Memphis. <laughs> steampunk. There you go. Um, so I, yeah. I, I noticed, and Larry, I don't know if you guys have even talked about this yet, but VisionCon, this, in 2018, VisionCon and Planet are back-to-back weekends. They are. They are. They're both in February. So we, what will you guys do? I mean, do you, have you talked about it yet? Will you go uh, to both? or? That's the plan at the moment, and some of it has to do with, uh, can I get off work from yeah. the day job yep. um, for back-to-back Fridays? So basically, that, that's my thought at the moment. When it was go to Chicago for a week, and, you know, when you go to Chicago, you got to be va- there on take your vacation. Th- right. You got to take your vacation, got to yeah. drive all day Thursday to get there. And then you're driving back and you're having to take a vacation day because we would stay through Sunday and then drive straight back from Chicago, which meant Monday was wasted because you get home about four o'clock in the morning and, you know, you sleep all day and everything else. And then that causes some issues with with my spouse. You know, <laughs> Michelle's wonderful. She supports me. But, you know, too much of time, just her and the kids. So I'm hoping because Vision Con is one of those that I can drive the Branson and back. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's what I do. I don't stay there. I've got a lot of friends to go and stay there. And that's awesome. I can see the benefit of that. But I can I'm going to save the money and spend the twenty dollars in gas to drive there and back every day. Yep. And uh, so that's not as much of a hardship because then I'm home at night and I can see the kids and do whatever. Even though I'm going to spend all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at uh, in Branson at the convention on to go to um, Chicago again, then completely gone the whole time with uh, going to. Um, Kansas City to plan it, then I will be gone, but you know, at least I'm still within three hours and everything else. So things are a little easier. So I'm hoping one to be able to convince my wife that that's going to be a go. She seemed okay with it, but uh, <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta do the things to please the wife and the kids. Yep. And then, uh, so that, that's the plan. The plan right now is that that's what I'm going to do. My buddy, Brian may or may not be able to do the same thing. Also has family and kids as, as you know, uh, you know, Mr. Crockett. So, yes, uh, yeah. um, so that, that's, hopeful with that and that actually will free up if we want to go to chicago because chicago because i've not seen the date on chicago yet but it's usually late march or early april depending on timing which is why it usually conflicted there with planet so maybe we'll get to do that also this year so so maybe three cons in two months time <laughs> three cons <laughs> in two months kind of busy but yeah. i mean it, that makes it fun i mean there's oftentimes not a lot going on 
in, except for indoor activities right. in February. Right. So exactly. I mean, it gives us something to do on the weekends. It's cool. Um, anything else you want to pitch or talk about? Yet going on? Nothing. Nothing I can think of. We talked about it. I mean, as a as a fellow comic lover, I, I want to ask, but um, I mean, you talked about Peter Parker and stuff, yeah. and, and, and he's your go-to comic guy. Um, other than Peter Parker, so take yeah. it, take yep. him off yep. the list entirely. What what uh, what current comic book, like 2017 comic book, is is getting you jazz? Like, what, oh, what are you what yeah. are you into? Hey, well, and the really funny thing is Amazing Spider-Man is not Jasmine the last since, since they basically did the reboot with Peter. Yeah, I've been reading it and I like it. I just keep thinking, when's he going to drop the shoe? And, and it looks like it's about to happen. Right. So I, I preface that. But the comics that I get the most excited to read right now. And again, I'm into girl hero characters for some reason. But Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. Is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not reading her, she is a teenager reminds me a lot of peter parker because she mm-hmm. goes through those trials with her family she's she's muslim she's um so so she's a little bit different but her whole community is that way so it's actually kind of cool she's not being pointed out for being different it's just this is who she is and i think it's a well written comic book and i get excited just to see what they do with her the other thing that i'm really loving is black widow with uh, mark wade Mark Wade oh. is just a fantastic writer. I love the stories he tells, and uh, he's telling some really cool stuff over there. So those are two that I get real excited about. I've really enjoyed Captain Marvel. Uh, the last little bit's been a little rougher, but uh, th- those are things that are jazzing me. I've been reading Wonder Woman also. Wonder Woman's been pretty good. So Yeah, I like, I, I've like. i been reading Wonder Woman since the... Um Rebirth. Yeah, Rebirth. Right. Um, yeah. Just, I haven't. I didn't read any Wonder Woman before Rebirth, so I'm very, very new to to her. But I'm really enjoying her current comics. If you're liking that, you should definitely watch the movie because I. Okay. The movie. Yeah, that thing's so good. Yeah, it is. It's really good. I, I think if you're enjoying her character in Rebirth, it, it's more from the fifty new fifty two, but the essence of her character is the same, and, and it, it's a really cool way to tell it. Uh, I've liked the um, Cheetah stuff that they've yes. done with yes. her. Uh, and um, uh, the more recent stuff, between the romantic stuff between her and um, blanking on his name, but Steve. Steve. Yep. Uh, has been really good in the comments. Yes, it has. So, I, I've been a Miss Marvel fan from from issue one. So, I, I, what I think is very unique, and I think what Jack would like about Miss Marvel b- beyond the stuff that you mentioned, because everything you mentioned is is all good stuff too, is the inhuman right angle. Like right. she's not she's not a mutant. She's not like you know, creating her own power set. Like she was, this was forced upon her right, type right. of thing. So, um, pretty interesting. It is. That's true. Yeah. The, the inhuman parts are really interesting take and it was really pushed there for Marvel for a while, especially with the, the X-Men kind of being kicked out of the universe for a while. Yeah. They just weren't you able to use them. Yeah. You're right. Well, and you can use them in comics, but I think it was, we're ticked at Fox, so we're going to stop using them. Right. We're going to stop using Fantastic Four. We're just going to thumb our nose at Fox. And it got a little adolescent on both ends. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they're kind of working things out and the X-Men are coming back. So I'd like to come to your um, interview for Library Con, especially since I'm a huge Colin Bunn oh, fan. Oh, he's awesome. I've re- read all of his Six Gun comics. and, and He's phenomenal. His current run on, on X-Men, X-Men Blue, mm-hmm. is really good. Yes, it is. So, And he writes like 20 different comics a month. He's, yeah. I'm like, I asked him once, I said, how do you keep all this stuff straight? Well, I, I sat down two hours to write on this one, and then I sat down time to write on this one. He's very methodic about how he does it, but he's so creative. Colin Bunn 
Dunn is just an, what, probably one of the best writers out there right now. Yeah. Uh, when, when is that panel? Do you know? For uh, I'd have to look it up. Okay. It's you are pretty at, early on. Here's, as I was looking up while you guys were talking here. So um, it is, and they don't put the date. So what's the, what's the first 19th date? 19th is the date. We yeah, said it's at, August 19th. As this airs, it'll be tomorrow. Yep. So it's August 19th, and your panel is 115 to 215. Um, Colin, Colin Bunn, Javier Soltares. Yes. And Jeremy Hahn. And Solteris is really well known for his stuff in the 90s. He's just a fantastic artist. Um, really, d- during a time where the art in the 90s was pretty bad, he was kind of the top-notch guy. And he's still a phenomenal artist. Anything he does is just top level. And Jeremy Hahn is just an awesome artist also. I mean, I, I feel really honored to be on a panel with those three. That's I, awesome. It's not quite meeting Stan Lee, but it's up there. Well, those guys are <laughs> Legit. They are. They're very legit. Folks, if you want to see this, uh, uh, thelibrary.org backslash library con. Uh, and then that'll take you to the website. It'll give you all the information and have all the people that are on there. And uh, Larry, you're going to moderate that panel. That's going to be fun. Yeah. That's cool, buddy. I, I want to stand up and go, library con! <laughs> <laughs> you task me, library. <laughs> Why must you task me? Um, so, okay. Larry, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's my pleasure, Jack. Um, we'll do it again. Think of another movie. Oh, I've got a list, actually. Okay. Make a list. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to do it again. And um, uh, keep us posted about anything on your site. And uh, Titans. Of the Fantastic. Of the Fantastic. And uh, if we can help collaborate in any way, let us know. We love wonderful. We love working, uh, working, working with great folks. So let's do it. Sounds good. We'll have you on, Jack. Love to. Phil would like to come on. He's most he, definitely come on. Yes, Phil. De- he, definitely. He beatboxes and he break dances. <laughs> not true. No. So you're not vibe. <laughs> no. Um, but, but I will rap with comics with you guys. All right. All, all right. right. <laughs> Very cool. We'll we and I will rap um, Argo City right now. All right. I'll rewrap it because it had a hole punched in it earlier. Um, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. And we'll see you soon. Godspeed and Zoltar out. <laughs> the Horror Movie Podcast is powered by RevolverPodcast.com and Orange Tie Web Design Marketing and Branding. The Horrible Movie Podcast can be heard on great stations like 105.5 KFGM in Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula, 88.1 KZGM, South Central Missouri's public radio station, and weekly contributions on KPOV 88.9 High Desert Community Radio. Listen to us on iTunes, thehorrormoviepodcast.com, revolverpodcast.com, and anywhere podcasts are found.